0: Well, hello again, everyone. Thanks for staying connected to the stream this morning. As we jump into the word together, I just wanted to start by saying happy Valentine's Day to everyone. As we begin today, I have a couple of super cheesy Valentine's Day jokes I wanted to be able to share with you. So I'll crank up your smile and just give me these couple of minutes to just share a little bit of joy as we step into the word together today. So, what did one light bulb say to the other on Valentine's Day? I love you a whole lot. (laughs) Come on, there's maybe a couple of laughs over there. What did the cucumber say to the pickle? You mean a great deal to me. (laughs) What type of shape is the most popular on Valentine's Day? An acute triangle. That one's for all the nerds out there. And last one, what did the chef give to his wife on Valentine's Day? I love this one. A hug and a quiche. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day, everybody. Pray that you're just feeling the love of the Father on you today. We're going to jump right back in in our series, A to leg, and I want to just review a couple of verses, pick up right from where Pastor Alex left off last week. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured. Verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and his daughters. But listen to this, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and this is where we're gonna focus today. And David, it says, inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And God answers, pursue them. For you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Come on, as we step into the word today and into this story, let's just take a minute and pray together. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this time. Each of us, we open up our heart to be able to receive from you today. We know there's so much truth, so much increase, so much breakthrough that you are trying to bring each of us to. And we thank you today that you give us wisdom and revelation. You cause our eyes to be open, that we can see you, Holy Spirit, and see the nature of the Father in a new way today so that we can step in to all that you have. Amidst all that's changing around us, Holy Spirit, we know that you are true, that you are faithful, that you are constant. And we step in together into that place of peace today. We want to learn from you, Holy Spirit, as you show us what it looks like to take the next step in the journey that each of us is on. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're really going to focus into that key, just like David did today. You know, like it said, in in, in his moments of just great fear and pain and distress, all of the men in that spot of weeping bitterly, we see David's response of running straight to God. I know that that's what each of us, that's why you're here today, that's why you're watching. That's what you want to do and how you want to be. So what do we do when we find the places of disconnect? You know, often in our greatest places of struggle, it can feel hard to run into the presence of God and get an answer as to what to do and where to go. You know, David was actually the one, just a couple of chapters earlier, you know, in, in um, I think it's chapter 21 in 1 Samuel, David is on the run a different time, and he actually in the Psalms writes that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. In his moments in struggle, he experiences the closeness of God, and I know that that's what you want, and today we're going to dig into really how do we get there, and what does it look like to be able to run into the presence of God, to inquire of God even in our moments of challenge. So here's the thing I found. The problem is that when we come up against, you know, times of struggle, times of pain, the biggest thing is that we feel the weight of those situations. Often it can feel like chaos in our mind, you know, your thoughts are racing, you try to sit still to be able to get in your word and you're thinking about a million different things, you're feeling the brokenheartedness, you're feeling the pain, you're feeling the unsurety, the instability of your situation. And even though you're trying to take steps toward God, the weight of the situations make you feel nothing but distance and disconnection from him so here's the key that I found. In order for us to be able to look as to what to do in those moments, I think it it does us well to look backwards and to say what kind of foundation is our relationship with God built upon. You know, when we look at David's life, it's David's history with God in the places of brokenness, in the quiet places, and the battles that he faced that prepped him to be able to run to God with surety in his heart in this moment. When we look at each of our own lives, we can see how our past with God has affected what we're going to do in moments of challenge. So, we all know that God has a plan for our lives. We all know that it's a good plan. We all know that he promises joy and peace and blessing within his perfect will. And although we want this, his plan can often feel like we're trying to find a needle in a haystack. What's our will, what's God's will? Did God open this door for me or did the enemy open the door for me? Is that a nudging in my heart from Holy Spirit to take a step or is it too many slices of pizza that I ate and it's really not God at all? In Proverbs 14:12, and this is a verse in the Bible that used to haunt me, it says, there is a path before each person and it seems right. But then what does it say? The end of that path is actually death. You know, so what, what are we supposed to do with that? In our moments of shaking, how can we stake our life like David did on the word of God with full confidence and full assurance that we can step out on him and know that his plan is the right plan for us? That step he's telling us to take is a step that we can take with our whole heart knowing that we can trust him. Our relationship with God, say that with me, say my relationship with God, it wasn't meant to be hard. It wasn't meant to be hard. It wasn't supposed to feel impossible to bring your questions before God and know that you've heard from Him. He promises in John 10 that we are His sheep and we hear His voice. So we can start to look at where are the cracks in the foundation. So first of all, have you ever felt like you had to jump through a million hoops in order to hear from God and encounter him? You know, like you had to read your Bible a certain amount of time. You had to pray. You had to do your confessions. You had to be nice to your kids or nice to your neighbor do a good job at work. And then once you've checked all of the boxes, now you qualify for God to speak to you. Or maybe you felt like you've done all of those things and then you lay awake at night and you just can't help but feel like in your best attempts to do the right thing, you missed it. You know, we all know that God is good and we don't wanna challenge that, so then that always comes back and the enemy bugs us and tells us, well, you missed it and you're wrong. You're just not that good at hearing from God. Other people, it may come easy to them, but it's not gonna be easy for you because something is broken in you. Even more times I've found so much in you know, my own walk with God and talking to people and working with people is how much the enemy tries to come and challenge and torment our minds when we want to take a step out with God and then he questions the goodness of God and tries to convince us that we can't trust God with our futures. Instead of building our lives on a solid foundation, I feel like the enemy always comes back to try and convince us of those two things. We can't trust ourselves because something is wrong with us and we can't trust God. So imagine looking back again, the story of David, imagine where he's at at this time. You know, it does us good to jump into the story a little bit and understand really where is David coming from? So he's in a place where we find him before this experience at Ziklag where David is on the run from home. He's still running away from Saul. Saul is king. And David has ran away with his men and he's now living amongst the Philistines. So as we remember the Sunday school story, yes, Goliath was a Philistine. And David had already defeated Goliath in this epic battle as a younger boy. But now David felt safer to live amongst his enemies than he did his own people. David's in a spot now where he's actually trying to help the Philistines to win a battle. The people back home don't want anything to do with him. They've rejected him, so he's just trying to find a place where he fits, a place where he can do what he's always done, and that's as a warrior. But even the Philistines don't want David. He's just trying to do what he feels qualified to do, but again, he faces another rejection. They won't let him fight for them because they're afraid that David and his men are gonna turn on them. They know that old adage, Saul kills a 1,000 and David 10,000. David is in such a low place that even his past victories have come back to haunt him. So David faces another rejection. And on his way home from that defeat... David discovers that his refuge city of Ziklag has been burned to the ground and his family and all the families of his men have been kidnapped and their possessions plundered. So stop for a second and realize why is this so important for us to understand this moment with David? And I really feel today like that's because we've all been there. We've all been there. We all know that cliche that says when it rains, it pours. You know, how many more bad things can feel like they're all happening at the same time? Maybe you look back over the past year of your life and you realize maybe it was your job, things that have happened with your family, the changes that have happened in the world. You know, maybe you still have your kids at home with you and you just feel like everything is just piled on top of each other. And what I've noticed is that the enemy loves to capitalize on these moments. When it feels like we don't know what to do, everything is crumbling around us. The enemy is hoping that we will rely on ourselves in these moments and be okay to just make our best guess at moving forward, that we wouldn't do what David did. Maybe you're watching this today and you realize that you're in one of those places of decision. Everything's changed from where you used to be, how you used to think, what you used to do, and it feels like you're out of options, out of connections, out of resources, out of solutions. You've gone from plan A to plan Z over the past year. And now maybe even like David, you're in one of those places where your old accomplishments, maybe your degree, your old successes, they're not helping you anymore. You're not able to find a job or work or a career anymore because the world is different and you're struggling to pay your own bills and it feels like you need to do everything in your own strength. David was in one of those moments exactly at Ziklag. He didn't have anyone to rely on. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. Everything in the natural looked like defeat on every side. But David was at a moment of decision. You know, somehow I feel like in life, we understand that we should run into the presence of God, but in our moments of great pain, it feels a lot easier to grab our guilty comfort food and hide ourselves in Netflix on the couch. That just seems like the path of least resistance. But really, these escapes are just, again, like Proverbs said, they're just the path that the end is destruction. Even though the way that David chose may have seemed initially like it was challenging for him to get up and encourage himself in the Lord. The end of that was life and restoration. And I feel today like that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to each of us. This isn't a moment for us to just give in to the hardship, give in to the places of unknown, give in to the stress and the chaos. It's that moment of decision where each of us can realize that we can rebuild our foundation on who God is and what he desires to do in our lives and step in to the greatest season we've ever experienced. Getting in God's presence and hearing from God is a promise that we have as his children. But the enemy tries to make us feel like if we run to him, it's like a boxer getting back in the ring preparing himself for another knockout. Like if you go in and you try, you're never gonna hear anyways. So why give it your time? It's better to just hide yourself on the couch and run away and case sarah sera. But today, I feel like all across Light City, what God is trying to do is give you the strength and courage to get up and to go again because God desires to recover all just like he did for David. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, as I was prepping for this, I really felt like God was showing me. You remember those old um, TV antennas? they had these like even before I was alive. You know, they kind of look like bug antennas on the top of your TV. <laughs> and you would have to manipulate the antennas in order to get the TV and to focus. I feel like some people used to wrap them in tin foil or use like hangers in order to manipulate them. And somebody would be over top of the TV and then everyone on the couch was like, oh, you're there and the person stuck holding the TV or it finally got the right service and the right station that we were looking for at my grandparents' house when I was young. They had this giant satellite dish in the backyard and I remember when it would snow or things like that would happen everything would get all crazy and it would get staticky, and everyone would be desperate for the antenna to be in the right spot again so we could find the station and I really felt you know Holy Spirit showing me that that's often what we feel like we're doing when it comes to hearing from God except we feel the responsibility to look at ourselves and condemn ourselves like I must have missed it I must be in the wrong place I must have done something wrong and we're jumping through all of these hoops just trying to get in line and trying to get reception waiting for God to say something to us but I feel like we can look at what David did and we can realize that maybe the adjustments that each of us are having to make in this season in our lives is remembering who God is You know, as we look back, like I said, in 1 Samuel 30 in verse six, it says, David encouraged, another word is strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. David didn't allow that moment of pain and weakness and stress to make him point his fingers at himself and start blaming himself for all the ways that he had missed it. He stopped for a moment and he chose to encourage himself in the Lord, his God. So in this spot, This for you is that same moment of decision. Will you point the finger and start looking at all the things that you've done wrong and the realities of your own pain and weakness? Or will we choose to tell the enemy to shut up if necessary and remember the God that we serve? So these are the three keys that I wanna look at today as we step into what did David do to get all the way from that place of despair to the place where he knew at least his next step to moving forward to full recovery. So these are the three things David strengthened himself in the Lord and we're going to get into them. David said, bring me the ephod and David inquired of the Lord. Now I believe that there is life changing revelation in these three steps. So first of all, David encouraged himself in the Lord. That word encourage or strengthen actually has the idea of tying yourself to something. Being tied to something. Hebrews 12, it reminds us to lay aside every weight. So I want you to just have this mental picture as we just talk through this key that the struggles, the pain, the burden, the stress, the chaos, it literally, like the Bible shows us, attaches itself to our lives like a burden. And we're trying to move forward, but we're carrying and we're tied to all of these things that are weighing us down. Now, when we see this picture of David, we understand as David began to rehearse who the Lord was and what his nature was and how good he was, it was literally like David was releasing those burdens and making an exchange for the pain and in exchange taking on the truth of God. First Peter five, verses six to eight, it's these very, we all know these scriptures, it says humble yourself before the Lord, cast your burden onto Jesus before He care, because he cares for you. And I literally feel like what some of us has to have to do is this place of casting down every weight. You know, maybe there are failures that have happened over the past 12 months of your life, maybe there are disappointments, maybe there are places of pain, but as you encourage yourself in the Lord, It has to be this place where we choose to cut ties with the pain and rehearse who God is and our promises from him, our our knowledge and revelation of his nature, and we tie ourselves to that in its stead. We can actually see, I wanna read through this, in Psalms um, chapter 18, this is actually a psalm that David worked on while he was in this season of running. what David was really doing when he encouraged himself in the Lord, listen to what he says. He says, Lord, I passionately love you and I am bonded to you. Now think about that. When David is feeling the weight of all of the disappointment of all of the people, of all of the rejection, all of the pain, David is choosing to throw down all of that weight that's trying to hold him down. And he says, Lord, I passionately love you and I am bonded to you. He says, I want to to embrace you he says for now you have become my power think about that instead of David being tied to the past he bonds himself to the Lord and he receives the power that comes from God he says you're as real to me as the bedrock beneath my feet like a castle on a cliff you are my forever firm fortress my mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape, my tower of, res- of refuge, my secret strength and shield around me. Now think about it. In verse three, he says, all I need to do is call upon you and sing to you. And when I do, I'm safe and sound. So David is in the spot where he's encouraging himself in the truth that he knows about God. He's not looking at his own weakness. He's realizing his own weakness doesn't matter as he cuts the ties to all of that pain. And he reminds himself. Himself, strengthens himself encourages himself in the nature of God he comes to this place where instead of being in shambles he realizes like he said he's in a place where he's hidden and he's safe and he's secure I feel like that's a huge thing for all of us now listen next one David says bring me the ephod so if you have ne- if you've never researched into what an ephod is it's actually like this tunic that they used to wear And it was made of blue and purple and scarlet thread with pieces of gold woven throughout. So this garment was only worn by the high priests and they would use this garment as a way to go into the Holy of Holies and speak to God. So David asks for this thing and if you actually look into it, the ephod is a representation of Jesus. And I love this. This could make you shout when you think about it. Because in Romans 13, 14, this is in the New Testament. Now it says, clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. And that's literally a picture of what David did. He encourages himself in the Lord. And then he puts on this ephod, which is a type and a shadow of what Jesus has done for each of us. Where David was able to go into the Holy of Holies to hear from God. Where he wasn't a weak and sinful, destroyed and in pain man, but he was clothed literally in the reality of the grace of God and able to go into the holy place where yes, no one was able to go, but he was covered in that spot and able to go literally into the very presence of God. I feel like this picture of the ephod, it completely destroys the lies that the enemy tries to tell us, like we have to do all the right things in order to get God to talk to us. No, what you have to do is encourage yourself in who he is and then remind yourself that this is not about you, that you literally clothe yourself in Jesus Christ and you remind yourself of the price that was paid so that you could live in the perfect will of God for your life. Because of that, you can go right in to the holy of holies, right in to the presence of God and do so boldly because you know that you have a good father who loves you and sees you perfect and desires that you would live in the promises that he has for your life. In John 15, 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, for a servant does not understand what the master is doing, but I call you friends. Because he says, everything I have learned to my father, I make those things known to you. So as we clothe ourselves in Jesus, in the reality of his perfection and his sacrifice, we remember that we're not coming in as slaves trying to convince God to do something good or to speak to us about our life, we remember that he chose to pay a high price so that he could have fellowship and communion with us as his sons and his daughters. And then finally, what did David do? He inquired of the Lord. He built his faith in the reality of God's heart to answer him and so was able to go in and expect that he would hear from the Lord. And I want to just go through a couple of scriptures. You know, when you look in the word, there's countless places where God promises to hear us and to answer. So listen to these and let your faith today be stirred for what God is trying to do to rebuild our confidence in him so that we take the next step in full assurance that we're on the path that he has for our lives. 1 John 5, 14 says, he hears us. Come on, say that. Say, he hears me. Psalm 66 says, truly God has listened and attended to the voice of my prayer. Matthew 21 says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. 1 Peter 3, 12 says, his eyes are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayer. Proverbs 15, 29 says, he hears the prayers of the righteous. Psalms 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry out for help," He hears and he delivers. Isaiah 65 24 says, Before they call, I will answer. Matthew 7 7 says, Ask and you will receive, seek and you will find. James 1 5 says, If any of you asks, Uh, lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all. And Jeremiah 33, three says, call unto me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you did not know. Right there, there's like a handful and there's a multitude more of promises that we take and we build our faith as we enter into the season on the truth of who our father is, not in our own strength, not in our own past, not in the things that we've gone through, but in the reality that you have a good father. And when you ask, he promises to meet us in that place and to show us what to do and where to go as we're in this season where God is bringing us into the greatest hour that we've ever experienced. Every promise that he's made over your life is still true. And he still has a way to fulfill what he said that he would do. But what does he require of us? He requires of us to cut ties with the pain of the past, to cast the burden down onto him, to trust that he cares for us, to build our faith in his nature and in the reality that Jesus is covering our mistakes. He covers our weaknesses so that we are always, no matter what just happened in your life, we're always able to run to the Father and go boldly, knowing that he hears us, that he has an answer for us, that he desires to commune with us, to heal the places of pain inside of our heart and to lead us into the promise that he has. Amen. So I want to just take a second and be able to pray with you. I just believe that today would just be a mile marker moment. You know, like I said in the beginning, God's plan for our lives is good. And you have to settle that sometimes within yourself so that we can release you know, the control, we can release the fear, we can release the pain, and we can say, God, I choose again to trust you with my future, to trust you with my life, to trust that your plan for me, it's good. And it's gonna be good even if I don't necessarily see all the steps right now, I know that I can run to you and that you'll show me the way. So I feel like all across Light City and whoever it is that's watching this stream today, let's just take this moment before the Lord, to just surrender and to just rededicate ourselves to him, to trust in his nature and in his goodness so that we can move forward in this season in confidence for what he desires to do in each of our lives. So Father God, we come before you today and we do so with hearts of humility. Thank you, Father, for everyone who's watching where they felt the weight, they felt the heaviness, they felt the despair because of the disappointments of the past. I thank you today for a grace to fall on each of us to lay those burdens down at the cross and to choose to leave them there to trust you, Father, that you are in control. We remind ourselves and we encourage ourselves just like David did, God. He encouraged himself in the reality that he knew of you, that you are good, that you are a refuge, that you are a safe place, that you were his deliverer. We do that for each of our lives today. We remember who you are. We remember the places that you've delivered us in the past, that you've come through for us in the past. And we ask for forgiveness today where we've looked to our own talents our own plans our own ideas or even our own weaknesses as though they could disqualify us from the good that you had for our lives and we choose to clothe ourselves in the grace that came through Jesus so that we could run Lord right into your presence today so that you could show us what's our next step What's our place, Father? Where do you want us? What do you want us to do? How do you want us to think? What's your, God, perception of the time that we're in each of us in our own lives? We ask for you to speak in a new and in a fresh way. We give you, again, the control of our futures, the control of our lives. And we thank you that as we do, we know that our lives are in good hands because you have promised a good plan for each of us. Thank you, Father, for every single one to just feel the peace that comes from laying their burdens down at your feet and receiving the truth of who you are. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all the good things that you're doing in every life, the breakthrough that you have, the promises that you have, the increase that you have. And we say yes and amen to your will. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.